I want to welcome everybody to the fifth episode of the Chilling with Dylan podcast. Today's guest is Nicole Anthony from Big Brother 21 and 22. We go into a full talk on her thoughts on how All Stars is turning out, what it was like coming out of the house, and more. Enjoy. So I want to just first start off with 2020 has been crazy. I want to know how are you doing? How was your year? Not Big Brother talk, just how is, how's everything going with you and your family? Um, me and my family are all doing well. Obviously, everything with COVID made things very, very strange. So my sisters were home from the preschool. We were all home just, I think, trying to make everything make sense like everybody else, you know, in the world. Um, and, like, I think now, you know, things are starting to start moving on Long Island. Like, places are opening up and school's back in session. So I'm hoping to see things continue to get better and better, you know? Yeah. So I want to get into Big Brother. Uh I want to know what are your thoughts on 22 since you've been gone and how it's turned out. Um, and then just to start off, who do you think is playing the best game before we keep diving in? Okay. So, okay. First and foremost, your first question about BB22. Since leaving, uh, it's so, so, so discouraging and upsetting. I've never been a big Alliance gal. Surprise, surprise. So I always root for the people that are not in it. I always root for the people that are quote unquote the underdogs. So it was very discouraging to see after I left, you know, Janelle go, then Kaser go, then Bailey go, then Ian go, then Devon go. And it's like, oh my gosh, the other side is just steamrolling. So I'm still holding out hope that, you know, Kevin and David can pull this one out. If not Enzo, you know, Enzo kind of falls in like a middle ground. Yeah. Um, who do I think is playing the best game? I would have to argue it's somebody like Cody. You know, he's in this big alliance. He keeps on winning things. Um, he's very good friends with Danny, very good friends with Nicole. Like, he's kind of in a very good spot. Mm -hmm. So I think I would, I would argue he is because he's in a good, comfortable spot. Um, yeah, I would, I would think Cody or Danny is going to go far unless they kind of go at it. Um, mm -hmm. So last season you had the Grateful Alliance, and this season you have com the committee. These big alliances kind of dominate yeah. the show. Um, I want to know what your thoughts on the, the committee. Um, and in my opinion, it's kind of a weird dynamic because I wouldn't expect something like Memphis in there. So I want to know, yes. in your opinion, was this pregame or do you think this truly happened week one, week two, and they're just that tight sticking it out together? Uh, I don't know. Like I have my suspicions from the rumors I've heard and the yeah. whispers I've heard and it seems like it happened very quick and kind of with very few words. Um, one thing that was very recently pointed out to me that I thought was very interesting is how Cody didn't know who Keisha was, but knew who Memphis was. And that is something that kind of like, you know, sets off like alarms in my head. But um, that alliance is a very interesting dynamic because I always knew about the four. I always knew Cody, Tyler, Danny, Nicole, because they're always together. They're always talking. And I figured they would probably have like two more people, but I was kind of leaning toward like Enzo and Ian. So I will admit like Christmas shocked me that she was a part of it. And although I knew that Memphis was with Cody, because I walked in on them whispering a couple times, I didn't suspect Memphis to be like with them, with them. So Christmas and Memphis really shocked me when I found out they were in a six person thing. Yeah. Um, so Going more into the full cast, um, you're obviously like the epitome of new school. You and David were on last year, yes. like the most recent season. Um, but Janelle, Kesar, uh, they're more they're old school, but we don't have that many old school numbers. So going into the mm -hmm. house, were you expecting a more 50-50 split? 
or were you kind of expecting like we'll get the Janelle, we'll, we'll get a couple old school, and do you think that's the reason that the old schoolers were taken out so early, minus Memphis and Danny, of course? Oh man, you know it's funny because going into the season, I was like, oh man, I kind of I'm I'm scared of old school. Like they're the OGs, they've been in the community for so long, they've known each other for so long, they know the game for so long. So I did think it was going to be 50-50. I thought it was going to be like half old school, half new school, and I thought it was going to be a big group alliance where these old school players really came at the newer players. And I think, you know, walking in and seeing like Memphis, Janelle, Kaser, Keisha, like I lumped them together in my brain. And I'm like, okay, they're going to come after the newer players. But then like we were talking about earlier, when you see people kind of break off, it's like, oh, it's more of like a intermixture. You know, it really didn't, I don't really think it broke off into old school, new school. It kind of just fell where it fell. Yeah. Um, so going back into the beginning of the season, um, I want to talk about you getting the call to come back one year later in the middle of a pandemic. I want to know if there was, obviously you're a super fan, but was there any like hesitation in your mind of maybe it's not the right time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to go back. Cause it was only at this point, it probably wasn't even a year. It was probably like eight, nine months. So yep. if you could just talk about a little bit about like, what was your thought process and weighing your pros and cons and going back into the house? It was definitely not what I expected. I expected if I ever got the call again, I'd be screaming, jumping up and down, like cheering. And getting that call was kind of like, oh, okay. And I hung up and I got emotional. I was talking to my family and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if this is something I want to, I won't even say do again. It's like almost like go back to, because like you were saying, it wasn't even a year. Like it was only a few months and here I am back again. So it was a very odd feeling because I'm a huge fan of the game. I love meeting new people. I love playing. I love new experiences. But at the same time, I was kind of like, I just left. And I don't know if I'm up to doing it again. And I, you know, and that was a very, it was a very difficult decision, which I didn't expect it to be. I expected it to be, hell yes, I'm on board. Let's do this. And I wasn't expecting it to be like, oh, I don't know yet. Yeah. Um, so talking more about the call and, and pre- obviously there's rumors of pre-gaming mm-hmm. with every returning season. There was some with Survivor Winners at War. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't want to go into that because obviously that's like secret stuff, but I do want to know. About- <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest, it's not secret for me. I didn't pre-game with anybody, period. Okay. So I just went in, yeah. clean slate, what, just Nicole. That's <laughs> what makes me upset. It was because obviously I had this podcast and I, and I try to stay like level-headed, but I was rooting for you last season. And this uh, season. Thank I'm you. a big fan thank of you. you. So seeing you go out early, it was kind of sad to see. And it kind of reminded me, I don't know if you're a Survivor fan, but Parvati and Boston Rob and these kind of like legends yes, on Winners yeah. of War because they're like, I'm not pre-gaming. But then the, all the people that pre-gaming took them out like that, back to back yeah. to back. Yeah, so it's so unfortunate. Of, it's like you kind of have to cheat to win in this situation. Um, but I do want to talk about the rumored cast list and how you think it would have okay. changed. Because... I mean, there was rumors of everybody at one point, but the five that I want to stay on were Derek, Dan, Josh, Casey, and Paul. Okay. And I know you were very close to Paul. Um, yes. And there was rumors that Josh and Casey tested positive. I don't know if those are true now. They're filming the challenge currently. Okay. Um, but I want to know how you think the game would have changed if those five were in the house um, and how the dynamics oh. would have shifted. That's a great question. So I cut, and this is all just, you know, hearsay and not hearsay um yeah. hypothetical this is all yeah. hypothetical mm-hmm. um in my brain derek kind of would replace cody yeah. so it'd still be the same dynamic dan would replace memphis same dynamic um 
I love Casey, but I know she's very close to Tyler. Yes. And I love Josh, but I know Josh is very close to Casey. So I almost feel as though, let's say the cast was like 20 people. If you add Josh and Casey into it, I almost feel like they would instinctually be with Tyler, which could make be part of that alliance or be bigger part of that alliance. And then even someone like Paul, I adore Paul, we're very friendly, but he is very good at separating personal from game and just playing. So I almost feel like I would like to think we would work together and in my brain we'd be a final two. But I feel as though even if he was in there, I know like he played a season with Josh. So now if you add him into it, would would Josh also pull him into a big alliance? So I almost feel as though we would still see this large group and the quote unquote outsiders. I don't think it would, I think the only one that would maybe change that would be Paul, but the other ones I still think would be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that statement. I think Paul was the only one that would be able to change that dynamics because he's that good of a player. I yes, mean, he went back yes. to back and got second both seasons. I give him um, a lot of credit, especially <laughs> back to back, like having somewhat done it. Oof. Hard. Um, I do want to talk about, as you said, there was the, the big alliances and Josh and Casey might have added to that. So I saw a tweet a couple weeks ago saying the game might be broken. Um, and I want to know okay. your thoughts on it because you're a player, you know better than I do. Mm -hmm. um, so their th thought process was last season was grateful. They formed seven or eight people. The outsiders don't form numbers and kind of just want to float, float, not, yep. float, not the best word, but kind of just like stay faced with the big like maneuver. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, and then they get taken out one by one. Um, mm -hmm. The last season where we didn't have that, I would think would be Big Brother over the top, where it was like okay. one yep. side versus the other side. Because in 20, Falte got taken out. 21, I mean, you got to the end, you and Cliff, but yep. Tammy, Obi, Other, yep. Yep. Um, And then 19, it was the Nixons, but they were taken out um, after their halting hex. Yeah. So you being a super fan, I want to know, do you think the game's broken? What are your thoughts on the dynamics of one side being in charge and the other one's just getting mm -hmm. picked off back to back to back? I think it's kind of as though like the game is in a phase because when you look at like, like people look at like old school, old school, where there was the two sides and they knew who each other were. It was very clear. I'm coming after you. You're coming after me, period. Mm -hmm. Then there was like, as the game evolved and people learned social game and I'm going to play both sides and I'm going to maneuver. So we started to see the shift from two sides to like a small alliance that's being a secret to like people who are able to maneuver both sides to now what we have now, which is very much a huge group and the quote unquote other side who can't get their shit together, unfortunately. And I feel like it's a phase that Big Brother kind of has to get out of because we can't have another season next year where it happens again, it, only because the other side is going to be savvy or somebody in that big alliance is going to be like, hmm, I'm going to work with both sides or I'm going to blow up this alliance to save my own arse. So I do think we're going to see that shift happen. And I think it, the game is kind of broken and that that shift needs to be aided. Like it, that shift needs to happen. I think maybe I always say, let everybody play in the veto instead of just six people. Okay. Like something needs to change where there's more opportunities for power to shift. And I think that might be the game itself needs to evolve with the people in it. That's, that's a really good answer. I, I saw another tweet. I'm sorry. I'm on Twitter a lot, but <laughs> it said next season, Julie should have revealed the vote numbers because they don't need to know it. Cause it's, I love that. It's all about, they don't want it to be nine to zero, eight to zero. So she yep. doesn't feel the numbers. Anybody could go home and it, you can mm -hmm. vote where you want. 
I, that, I think that's a great idea as well, because like you were saying, people would be so much more likely to vote how they genuinely, genuinely want to without worrying about, oh, I better be with the house. Or yeah. if it's five to three, they know I'm a part of the three. And I think, yes, for a good chunk of seasons, knowing the vote count was good, but because like you're saying, it's kind of broken, it needs to change. So now if it's not said out loud, that'll change the game in a very dynamic, different way. And I feel like we need that. Yeah. Um, another part of the game that people, the, the super fans don't like, um, at least, is some of the casting decisions. Um, mm -hmm. And most, more specifically is the Instagram models that get a DM here and there yeah. saying, do you want to be on this show? Yeah. Um, no, I love Kat from your season, but she was yes. one of those people. Mm -hmm. um, so if you could just talk about these people that don't know really what they're getting into um, and go into the house blind. Um, mm -hmm. I've known some former players that said I, I was recruited and then when yes. I was sequester, I didn't watch any season. I was watching mm -hmm. this show and that show and I went into completely blind. So if you could just talk about you as being a fan, the, the mm -hmm. Instagram model and the kind of celebrity of the show. Yes. I mean, absolutely. I think, I do think it takes all kinds. I do think if you have a cast of 16 super fans, it almost takes away from the game. Cause I feel like you do need all kinds. You need the people that have never watched it. You need the people that have only watched one season because it's interesting to see how the people that have no idea what it is, how they play it. The people that have watched 20 seasons straight, how they play it. What I will say though, is I think the reason why, and I'm not, tooting my own horn in any sense, but I think the reason why a lot of people did resonate with me is because I am just Nicole, like I'm just girl next door, somehow, some way got cast on a reality television show. And I think for me, Nicole, the fan sitting at home, I would resonate with myself because it's like, wow, she's an average everyday person. Not everybody, and most people aren't an Instagram influencer, an Instagram model looking for followers, looking for collaborations. So I think again, how the game has to change, I think it would really help with viewership and everything if they got more quote unquote common people that the average viewers like, oh, I'm like them. Yeah. Um, so I want to, I usually save like the casting stuff for the end, but since we're already into it, I want to talk about casting in general and how okay. kind of a mess it's been with casting. I had Kevin um, on from Bigger Than 19 earlier this week, actually. Okay. And we talked about the lack of older people, how he's, yeah. the only, he's the only old person on the show. He can't relate to these people. And his season was all hookups. It was all, or showmances, I guess. Is the yeah. Um, so it seems like the casting is kind of casting as like niches, right? So we have the nerdy yes. guy, the nerdy girl, the jock, the Insta Instagram influencer. Yep. Um, and it wasn't always like that. So I want to know, why do you think it is like that? And do you think we'll ever get to a point where we could just cast 16 people and if they're an Instagram influencer, cool. If they're yeah. not cool, but we don't have to follow those stereotypes that we've been following for the past, I don't know, five, five, six years, whatever. Yeah. I do think, I think we will see that change. And I feel like we already are, even with all stars, you know, CBS cast a lot more people of color. I think we're, I think they're aware of it. And they're starting to make that shift. And this is something that, you know, instead of, okay, the pigeonhole one black man, why can't you have the black male who's a jock, the black male who's a nerd? And, and if there's five black males, awesome. You know, so I, and I think that's something that CBS is realizing is it doesn't have to be the one gay, the one black man, 
the one ethnic woman. Maybe we'll throw in a lesbian. I think they're realizing it doesn't need to be one, 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 one. It's just whoever, you know what I mean? Like can represent. And I, I do get it. I do get you want to represent all types so that people do watch. But I think there's more of a realization now that um, groups overlap. You don't have to be just the pretty white girl or just the nerd. You could be the, you know what I mean? Like groups overlap. You can be an ethnic nerd. You could be an ethnic, you know, athlete. So I think we're starting to see that shift into, oh, people are multifaceted and let's focus on that as opposed to one quality in each. That's a really good point that they, they mm -hmm. can overlap. Um, so I want to kind of go back into 22. Um, when you guys, the way you guys entered the house this year was a little different when you guys like mm -hmm. went in those pods of four. Um, so obviously you were in the pod with Bailey, Keisha, and Janelle. Yes. Um, and I want to know, once you saw the full 16 cast members, were there any surprises? Who were you expecting? Mm -hmm. Who were you like, oh, I knew they were going to be there anyway, so this is nothing new to me. Um, and then who was like the biggest twist? You were like, I never thought they'd be back. Okay, so I would say... I definitely expected to see, like, Janelle. I expected to see Tyler. Um, who else? Um, Davon and Nicole F. I was very, very shocked. Like, never even on my radar. Memphis, Christmas, um, Kevin. And then kind of like the middle people where I was like, oh, that makes sense, are kind of like Danny, Cody, um, and David, you know, I knew I was expecting somebody from my season. So those are the people I was like, okay, that makes sense. But the ones that I was completely like, what was, um, Memphis Christmas and Kevin. And I like Kevin, I wasn't anticipating any way, shape or form, but was so excited. It was like one of those people like, oh my God, how did I never think of him? I'm obsessed. So I absolutely love him. But it was a very interesting premiere. Cause you know, you, you have it in your head. Like, I'm going to see Josh. I'm going to see Casey. I'm going to see Paul. I'm going to see Derek. I'm going to see Dan. And then you don't. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> um, so talking about the cast a little bit more, um, David was from your season. And there was a, yes. lot of, a lot of controversy with putting David on the show. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm for it. I mean, Me too. Give, give another, another shot. Um, but what were your thoughts, like, going more into depth into David? Um, did you guys talk before? Once you saw him, you said you were like, kind of in the middle. But... Did you think he deserved this shot over, I don't know, somebody like Tommy or Cliff mm -hmm. from your season? Or you can even go to 20 or 19 and get somebody else. Um, so if you could just talk more in depth of that. So when I would think of my season, I was like, okay, so obviously I know I'm cast because I got the yeah. call. So then I'm like, okay, I'd imagine maybe one other person. So I would say to myself, I'm already a female, so it's probably going to be a male. So I was like, all right, Cliff, Tommy, David, Obi. Those were the four. So I was like, it's probably going to be one of the four more likely Cliff or Tommy because they lasted longer in the game. So when I saw David, to me, it doesn't like, obviously I love Cliff and I love Tommy. I love Ovi, but it doesn't matter. Cause I'm like, that's my BB 21 fam. I love David. And I think it's great. You know, the people that say he's not an all-star it's like, you're wrong. Cause he is like, it's fact. He's on the show. He is an all-star. And I think he's somebody that yes, he may not have lasted that long at all last season, but he's known for in that time being so insightful and so like aware of everything that was going on. He pinpointed every alliance, every friendship, what everybody was doing. And I think 
we see that again this season. We saw him say, Danny Nicole did this to set me up. I see it. So he is able to step back and see that. And I think slowly but surely the fandom is realizing like, wow, this guy does know what he's doing. Like I know people pick on him, but he did win a power. He did use it. He is still there. Like that has to speak for something, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think David in the beginning of the game kind of was struggling a little bit. He even Mm -hmm. asked Cody at one point, what's a veto? Um, But I I feels like he's starting to get a sense of what's happening. and to be completely honest, I would love to see David win this season. Like, just go Same. and win, just to say goodbye to the committee. Because Absolutely. Not- My ideal right now is David and Kevin final two with Enzo like, as final three. And I think it would speak such volumes for David to win it, especially coming in as what they all call, quote, unquote, the rookie. I think it would be very humbling to all the other people in that house who think they are they are big brother. They are the all-star. I think it would be very humbling for someone like David to be like, oh, you all call me the rookie, and now I'm the winner of All-Stars. Like, I would love to see it. Mm-hmm. And I want to go more in-depth into treatment of the of, of people, I guess is the right word. Obviously, Christmas in Memphis um, have said some insensitive things. Yeah. Um, and then we also know there was some laughing at Ian's um, mm-hmm. autism and how he copes with stuff. Yeah. Um, I want to know what your thoughts are on that. Um, and then if you could also, I know it's a little bit different, but tied into your last season, because you've been on yep. both se- two seasons and they're both full of controversy and you have no part yes. of the controversy. You're just kind of like tied in because you were cast. Absolutely. Um, if you could talk about that a little bit more. Sure. So, you know, it's hard to explain. Last season, obviously it was very tough for a number of people. It was very tough for myself. But I stayed till day 100, so I got to know people more. I got closer bonds with people, and we got past the whole, you know, HOH locked out and all that kind of stuff. But I will admit I gave people more of a pass because you're a newbie. You, if you're recruited, you're not really aware of the live feeds. And, yes, you are aware of them. I'm not giving people an excuse. But I'm just saying maybe you're not necessarily aware of how it's received on BB Twitter and all that kind of stuff. This year – you know, one of the reasons why, your first question about me getting the phone call, one of the reasons why I reacted with like, oh no, I don't know if I could do this again, is because my sister said to me, she was like, Nicole, what if it happens again? What if there is a group that's mean to you? What if there's bullying that happens again? And I was like, never. I'm like, they saw last season, they saw how that went down. They're all stars, they're adults, they've been through it. Nobody's gonna act that way. So I think seeing it again really discouraged me because it's like, really? Like you guys have already been on seasons. You know how stuff is perceived. You know what what is watched. You know, everything is watched and you're allegedly adults. And it's very, it's very disheartening to realize that people are still that way. Like I expected this cast to be so much better and so much more lighthearted and so much nicer. So to see the way Memphis acts, to see the way Christmas acts, to see the things they have said about Ian, it, it disgusts me and it makes me very angry. So there is that part of my brain that's like, okay, let's give them a second chance in the real world. Like it's a game, tempers flare. But there's also a part of me that's like, people in the house are parents. They should know how to treat others. So then I'm like, uh, you need to check yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so going more into the broken game that we people are saying, the last two seasons we have are full of controversy, right? Yeah. 20, 
20 wasn't that controversial. There were some things said in 19 that people are mm -hmm. upset about. Um, and there were rumors that you guys had some training, some biasy training. Yes. Um, so I know me and you might not have the answers. It might be Allison Grodner's mm -hmm. or the CEO of CBS's answer to make, but what do you think the fix is? Because it keeps happening. Mm -hmm. We have the biasy trainings and it seems that it's, there was some parts where it looks like Danny went to the DR room and they kind of talked to her about it and mm -hmm. this and that, but it's still happening. The last season happened this season, happened on 19, it happened on 15. Yep. Um, so if you could just talk more about, and yeah. I'm, not, I'm not expecting an answer from you because <laughs> it's too, I know it's production and it's like a whole thing, but what, what are your thoughts on trying to fix this? Is it casting? Like, what do you think is the way? Well, I think, I think first and foremost, you know, Big Brother is society on a much, much more concentrated, small scale. So I think just in general, as a society, as a world, you know, we need to be better. We just need to be nicer. We need to be more empathetic. We need to put ourselves in each other's shoes. We need to educate ourselves on a daily basis. And that falls on individuals, whether you're on a reality television show or not. However, when I think about Big Brother, I think one thing that would definitely help that is, you know, how like The Bachelor does like after the final rose and they sit with everybody. I think every season, whether I don't, maybe they could do it like right away after finale or maybe give the house guests a week to learn about everything that was said and that was done and then have a round table because I think you need to have all 16 house guests sit down and let's say for this season, you need Ian to say, looking at Memphis from across the table, like, hey, this is the clip of you saying this about me. How is that okay? And have Ian explain to him why it's not. Have other people explain to him why it's not. You know, I don't know. Have me sit there, let's just say, and be like, hey, Christmas, that one day you said this to me, that wasn't nice because, and that's what I think we need. I think we need accountability and communication and conversations, and I think that needs to be aired. So like last season, very controversial season, I think they should have had a roundtable where – you know, Kemi was able to say, Jack, that was fucked up when you did this. Mickey, it was fucked up when you did that. And let there be education. Let there be a discussion on a grand scale where everybody sees it. And I think that'll lead to so much more accountability in the world and in the casting process and in the Big Brother house. Yeah, I've always thought, I've always thought they should have kind of like a survivor thing where they yeah. end. But I never really put it together that you guys don't get to see the show like Survivor does. No. So I think it would be a great idea to do the week thing. I never thought of that. Yeah. Like, get to see the videos, to get to see the clips. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would probably be hard to fly everybody back out to LA, but I think that would be a very good, yep. idea, especially for the controversial um, seasons. Yep. Um, I want to lighten it up a little bit. Um, okay. So one relationship I love that you had this season was you and Kevin. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to be honest. It surprised me just because he's old school. He was season 11. You're mm -hmm. 21. Um, so I want to know where you and Kevin's friendship started. Did it start in the house and you just got along? Or was this something you guys made in the Big Brother community? Like, no. Kevin get so close? So I never met Kevin prior to premiere day. I like Him and I have never spoken, <laughs> DM, texted, interacted in any way. So literally on premiere day, when he, you know, him and I both won that first part. So we were standing next to each other, getting ready for the second part. And he just leaned over and he's like, I'm so glad you're here. I'm a huge fan. And I, I just love you. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, and you know, he's in like all his rainbow colors, which of course everybody knows I love my rainbow colors. So I was like, okay, you know, I'll see. I need to feel this guy out. I'm not sure just yet. You know, cause I'm very like, you know, need to assess the situation and just, 
it just clicked immediately. And him and I were just two people who I trusted him. He trusted me. I like, I find my one ride or die and that's what I latch on to. That's just the way I function. And I was very like, this is my guy. I'm going to tell him everything. And I, I feel like in that sense, I very much gauge on who I feel is genuine. And Kevin is very genuine in how he treats people. And he would treat me as a human. When I was sick, he checked in on me. You know, it'd be like the middle of the afternoon, he'd be like, did you eat? Do you want half my sandwich? And it's little things like that, that just speak volumes to me. And I don't know, we just like, we just clicked. And I just think he's a tremendous human being. And I, I know he's old school, but I also kind of view myself as kind of an old school mentality. I prefer the... I'm on this side, you're on that side, let's go. I don't really like the sketchy who's with who, are you with me, are you with me? I like, okay, let's let's duke it out. Let's see who wins comps and let's try to, you know, go after the other side. Like, that's what I prefer, which I guess is old school. Yeah. Um, so you go in the house and obviously week one, it was Keisha and Kevin and Keisha gets the first boot. Week two, it was you and David um, on Memphis's HOH. Um, did you have in any, did you knew you know, you and David were going to be put on the block? Um, and then if you could talk about that last week, um, cause obviously last season you made it all the way to day 99 Yeah. Yep. So on your, knowing you're going out week two, what were your, what was going through your head that those last couple of days you were in the house? Oh gosh. So, okay. To begin, um, I didn't obviously want to be nominated because I thought my show of faith to Memphis, like, Hey, I didn't use the safety suite because you and I are good. If I win it next week, I'll use it on you. I thought that was kind of like a leap of faith. And then, you know, Janelle and Kayser, who I assumed were with Memphis, like solid told me I was good. So part of me was like, no, I'm good. And then I remember being called to the nomination ceremony and Memphis like gave me eye contact when he opened the door and then we were sitting at the table and he only looked at me and David and I was like, okay, this is about to happen. Not surprised. So of course I see my face. I'm like, all right, this sucks. So, you know, of course, originally having made it so far last season, you kind of have that moment of like, okay, I'd imagine David's the target. I'm the pawn. David's more physically fit than me. And then, you know, you start hearing rummagings of like, oh, maybe there's a backdoor plan and maybe it's this and maybe it's that. But the more the week went on and my you know conversations or lack thereof with Memphis, I'm like, something's not right here. And especially when the noms were locked in, I was like, I think I'm going to go home. Like, I think I'm the target. And that's when, you know, my paranoia and my not trusting of Janelle and Kaser came in. And then my, okay, I need to go to the other side and try to get their votes to stay. And once I realized that I didn't have the votes regardless because that side was working together and didn't want me and Janelle and Kaser, even if they did vote for me, two, three, four votes weren't enough. And even if it was a tie, Memphis wasn't going to keep me. I just got in a spot of like, Oh wow. Like this is my time to go. And I fought till the bitter end. I fought, I fought till like 20 minutes before my eviction, but it's weird. It's, it's like you fight, 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 fight. And then you have this moment of like, where you're at peace and you're like, okay, like this is my journey. I'm meant to get off at this exit. And that's okay. And the way I made peace with it was sitting next to somebody from my BB21 fam. I would not have wanted to leave against anybody else but David. So it was kind of me saying, you know what? David's journey got cut short and I made it to the end. And this season it's his turn. I'm going to get cut short so that he can make it. So that's why I'm rooting for him so hard. Cause I would love if him and I had like those opposite experiences. Mm -hmm. um, so you mentioned Janelle and Kesar and obviously there was yes. some drama with Janelle and Kesar, and you kind of going back and forth thinking, mm -hmm. are they with me? Are they against me? Um, 
And I want to know just more in depth of your thought process. Was it just mm-hmm. that they're old school, they have to be together? Or was there some like little things that threw you off with them? Um, oh gosh. What was going through your head with the whole, because obviously Janelle's and Case are both icons in, in the Big Brother. Yes, absolutely. If you could just talk more about that. Please. There was there was so much. Like I said, I remember, you know, sitting in the bathroom with Janelle and Casey prior to Noms, and they're like, "We're good with Memphis. We're gonna tell him that we're good with you, and he should be good with you. Like, don't you worry. We got this." And I was like, "Oh, good. It makes sense to me because they were fighting so hard to keep Keisha over Kevin." I'm like, "Okay, it makes sense to me that they were a four. Keisha went by accident. Although I did kind of feel something was wonky there because Memphis and Cody were always together." Um, but I'm like, all right, maybe I'm taking Keisha's place. Maybe it'll be them three and me. So, like, I believe that. And then, you know, I always say me and Janelle are very different communicators. I'm a very warm hugs and you're okay and you're validated. And Janelle's very, like, stoic, more cold in the sense of, like, we're not talking right now. And different communicators. So she didn't really talk to me prior to noms. And then I was nominated and her reaction was just like, sorry, I didn't know. And again, being different communicators, I expected my ally to be like, Oh my God, this is so messed up. Why did he nominate you? He's an idiot. I can't believe let's go talk to him. And anytime I would say to Janelle and Casey, like, Oh, can I go talk to Memphis with you? Like as a group? Oh no, no, no. He doesn't want to talk to us as a group. I was like, okay. And then Janelle went upstairs and drank wine with him for two hours. So now I'm sitting there as her ally and I'm thinking, I'm supposed to be your ally and you're upstairs like giggling with the HOH for two hours. And I started going down my paranoid spiral of they're laughing at me. They're making fun of me. Like they're up there going, ha ha, we told her she was good. And now she's downstairs while we're in. And I just went down this paranoid spiral of like, maybe I don't think they are with me. And then my own insecurities came in. My own demons came in where I was like, yeah, why'd I expect them to be working with me? Look at them. They're Janelle and Kaser. Why would I ever think they'd want to work with me? And I just, it just got worse and worse and worse and worse um, to the point where I was like, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for screwing me over. You set me up. Like, well done. And then it wasn't until the Wednesday night before my eviction that Kaser came in. I thought I was going to yell at him. And he's like, Nicole, can we talk? And I was like, yeah, we can talk. And I, in that moment, going with my gut, I was like, something's not right here. I'm sorry. I think you are on my side. And I apologized to him, apologized to Janelle, made peace with them and then was evicted. But again, you know, even if that, cause I told them not to vote for me, even if they did vote for me, three votes wasn't enough. Even if, you know, we got others people, the most I would have gotten was six votes and Memphis wasn't keeping me. So it's unfortunate to know that no matter how, which way I would have fought that week, that's it. I was, I was done. Um, yeah. I want to talk about why do you think you were Memphis's target? Um, I think he put you two up because you were the duo from Big Brother 21. And mm-hmm. school. But why do you think he went for you over David, per se? I think I think his nominations had a lot to do with kind of like disrespect. I think it was kind of like a cop out. I think it was, ugh, I'm the great and powerful Memphis from season 10. Who are you from what's it, last season? Ew, get out of my house. So I think it was kind of like, kind of like how seniors treat freshmen. So yeah. that mentality of like, oh, freshmen, get out of here. So I think I, we were nominated out of disrespect. And then I'm not going to lie. I think my always coming at him with conviction kind of startled him because I didn't know how else to communicate with him. He never wanted to talk to me. He never gave me the time of day. So I was like, all right, Nicole, 
when you speak to Memphis, it has to be short and sweet and to the point and abrasive because that's how he is. And he'll respect you if you act that way. So every conversation I had with him was like, hey, I'm good with you. You're good with me. I'm not using safety suite. If I win it, I'll, I'll use it on you. You know I'm loyal from last season. I got you. And had he kept me, I would have used my safety suite on him because when I make a promise, I keep it. So I think just me always being so direct kind of pissed him off. And I think the average viewer is like, why didn't you talk to Memphis more and try to stay? I honestly think every time I spoke to Memphis, I made my chance of staying in that house slimmer and slimmer. Because every time I would check in with him and be like, hey, Janelle and Kaser told me I'm good. Will you break a tie? I think he was like, oh my God, stop annoying me. Like puny little girl from last season, get out of my sight. So I think I just annoyed him more and more and more and more. And in him not wanting to be associated with Janelle and Kaser, I think he was like, she's associated with them. She keeps on lumping the four of us together. Like, get out of here. And I just think he didn't want to deal with me anymore, to be honest. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so I want to talk about you leaving. Um, it was obviously very different circumstances from last season. Um, mm -hmm. Different time period. And then also, last season you were America's favorite. And there's been some yes. Twitter drama, I guess. Mm -hmm. so, um, if you're comfortable just getting a little deeper on what – your reaction to was coming out of the house in the middle of a pandemic and then some of Twitter obviously showing you a lot hate this season mm -hmm. rather than last yes. season about not being with Janelle and Kaser. Um, mm -hmm. You just talk more about like what your feelings and emotions were about that if you're comfortable getting deep about it. Oh absolutely absolutely so you know obviously being evicted is very different. I walked out last year on finale stage to an audience and cheering everything was positive and, and whatnot. And this time, you know, you walk out to like crickets because there's no audience. And then obviously Julie being the voice of the people was like, Nicole, I'm confused by your gameplay. And I was like, oh, okay, this is bad. Like I knew it was going to be bad. And um, she was like, why didn't you trust Janelle and Kaser? And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so bad. And I, I will admit it was very, very difficult coming out into the world and being met with um, so much more hate. And I mean like hate, like, cursing, death threats. I've gotten so many death threats, which I never got last season, obviously. And originally it really hurt because, you know, you kind of have that moment of like, no, like I ended on such a high note last season and now it's like plummet. But one thing I have said since then, because it's been obviously a lot more weeks, is I, I think it was meant to happen. I think I have so much faith in my God and my journey and my path. And I think it was meant to happen to make me a stronger person because I went into last season, not sure of myself and not feeling that I was worthy and not feeling that I was lovable. And I came off the season and it was like, no, you are lovable. And then I got into this phase of like, all right, I'm the lovable one. I'm the people pleaser. I need to appease everybody. And then I think this season happened and it was like, no, you don't need to please everybody because no matter what you do, people are going to be angry. Look, you were still yourself and people are hating on you. People are sending you death threats. People are bullying you on Twitter. And it taught me like, I don't have to do anything for anybody but myself. Like I just need to take care of me. And it kind of, I don't know, it kind of took off that pressure of like always being the perfect Nicole. Cause I'm not, I admit I'm not perfect. And I think, you know, coming off the season was meant to happen the way it did so that I can, I don't know, be even more of a role model to people where it's like, like stand up for yourself and be strong and get through it and don't feed into the hate. I know my truth. Those close to me know my truth. My loved ones know my truth. And that, that really is all that matters. And that's what's so amazing that I've come to like realize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It seems like obviously Twitter, people love Twitter, but it's a lot of, 
negativity there. Mm-hmm. And with Big Brother, it's hard because there are some people that were on Big Brother, some really messed up things, right? Yeah. That get hate that's kind of deserved. Um, but then there's people that, like you, who mm-hmm. didn't do anything wrong, just try to play her best game. Yep. And like you say, get death threats, which I was completely yep. surprised when you said that. So coming from the love to the hate was really hard, but if you could talk about the Big Brother community um, mm-hmm. and the fans, because obviously you've had a lot of love last year and a lot of hate yes. this season. Um, why do you think it gets, the people get so invested um, and get so hateful and to go as far as death threats? I just think, you know, people, are, I'm very passionate about Big Brother, that goes up being said. So I think people just get so invested, so passionate, especially being all-star season. They have their favorites. They want their favorites to do so well. And then I think a lot of it is like, I don't know, like almost like, oh, damn, when, they're, when their favorites don't do well and they want to find reasons. And they find the reasons, but because they're hiding behind a keyboard, it almost gets out that frustration and that anger that the show is not working out the way you want it to, to take out your keyboard. Be like, I feel like people find that to be therapeutic. Like, darn it, my favorite didn't win. I'm so angry right now. I'm not going to throw my TV out the window. I can't go drive to LA and yell at the producers. So you know who I'm going to tell? I'm going to tell Nicole Anthony. I'm going to tell her to go F herself. Like, I think that's how people like channel it and they, they get it off their chest by just like attacking somebody. And it's very, Unfortunate because my whole thing is nobody goes into that house and says, you know what? I'm going to purposely not trust my own allies and go out week two. Nobody says that. Like, obviously in that house, I felt how I felt because I felt that way. So I don't have regrets in that sense. because I can't help how I felt in those moments. Um, so I feel like for people to attack me as a person in the real world because I had paranoia and mistrust in a game, it's it's very concerning, it's very disheartening, and I pray that those people heal soon, I really do, because obviously there's something more hurting them than me losing Big Brother. Yeah. Um, I'm not personally a fan of like Memphis and Christmas, but I've never somebody that goes and DMs or bashes somebody on Twitter, right? Same. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you, do you think most of it comes from like DMs people are like saying insensitive of things? Is it, you see your name being tagged and everything and they're kind of dragging you through the mud. Um, where do you see it more? And then do you ever, and I'm, I'm not a celebrity. I don't have a check mark. I don't have any of that. Oh, neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> but do you ever like hit their page and see if it's like an actual person or if it's just like, a picture of a desk with like five followers yeah. and someone just trolling. Um, Cause I'm always curious if this is like actually really real people saying this kind of stuff to you guys, or it's just somebody on a burner account, like burning off. I, that's a great question. So I, I mo- more so notice it in the most public places ever because you know, I feel like DMS are more private. So don't get me wrong. I will get DMS like, Hey Nicole. And they, they give me a piece of their mind that I see and by I don't mean like rarely I see okay if I see like 20 of those I probably see like a hundred public tweets where I'm tagged and again I think that goes back to if people really genuinely felt that way they would contact me personally but I feel like people just 
want to say something just to say it. So let me go on Twitter and just say it just so everybody sees like, it's just an attention thing because sometimes you do click on the accounts after they go on a rant with all capitals cursing at you. And it's like account created in August of 2020 with two followers. And it's like, <laughs> what? Like did somebody literally just create a Twitter account just to curse me out? So it, it's very, it's a very, very strange realm. And one thing that I, I never did, but I've, taken to doing is blocking. I've gotten to the point where it's my social media, it's my timeline, it's my life. So if I don't, I have no problem talking to people. If people, if people message me and at me and be like, hey Nicole, I'm confused by your gameplay. Can you explain why you said this? Or can you explain why you felt this way? That I'll answer. But if you're just gonna start cursing at me and tell me to go kill myself, I'm not gonna validate you. Now, if now you're blocked, I don't want that, uh, I don't want that for my mental health, I don't want that for my fans' mental health, because Ultimately, those hundred nasty, nasty, nasty people, they're nothing compared to the thousands and thousands that want to hear what I have to say and want inspirational messages and want positivity. So that's why, like, now you're blocked because you, you don't deserve to taint the timelines of the people who want positivity. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to go more into Twitter, sorry. Um, no, go right ahead. Uh, there was some drama this week with you and Janelle on Twitter. Um, about liking tweets and whatnot. Mm -hmm. If you could just talk more in detail on your side of the story and what actually sure. happened, um, please. Sure. So I was um, looking at a Twitter thread and someone like, you know, put a picture of all the pre-jurors and was like, this pre-jury sucks. And I was like, I agree with that part. And then someone's like, I feel bad for Nicole Anthony. I was like, yeah, I feel bad for myself part. <laughs> so I was going down this thread of comments and, you know, there was somebody that had said like, you know, Nicole ruined Janelle's and Kaser's game. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Like, I will admit like, first of all, their game was always on fire because that big six person alliance, as we saw on the feeds this week, um, with Davon and Christmas talking about it, they were always the main targets and they were going to always take out them, always take out anybody associated with them. So I, I do get frustrated when people blame me for starting the fire because I didn't. I did add wood to it. Don't get me wrong. That was my attempt to try to stay. That's what people do in that game. I did my best for Nicole's game. I walked into that house only for Nicole, not for anybody else. Um, so it does kind of discourage me when people are like, oh, you ruined their game. I was like, oh, well, there's multiple factors. And somebody had said like, oh, they should have won more. And I agree with it. We all should have won more. The fact of the matter is, had Keisha won something, she wouldn't have gone home. Had I won something, I wouldn't have gone home. Janelle, Kaser, Bailey, if we won things, we wouldn't have gone home. So I was basically going through that thread, harding everything, because there everything is so multifaceted and there's so many components that go into it. And I just meant in general, the whole pre-jury, I wish we would have won more because I don't want the freaking six-person alliance to go far. And didn't think much of it and just went about my day went back on Twitter and saw that it had exploded with people saying, um, I felt that Janelle and Kaser didn't do enough for me or that I felt Janelle and Kaser should have won a comp for me or I was expecting them to do more for me. And that wasn't the case. Like I said, I entered the house as Nicole. I did not expect anything from anybody. Um, that's not my nature, period. So I saw that and I'm like, what is happening? And then I had seen that Janelle had tweeted saying that I expected so much from her and Kaser and did nothing in return. And I'm like, what is happening? That's not what I, I, first of all, I didn't tweet out anything, so I didn't say anything. And I'm like, what did I heart? So I'm looking at what I hearted and I'm like, yeah, we, we all should have won comps. And I started answering people like, listen, all I'm saying is I wish 
any and all of us would have won more. I wish the final six was Janelle, Kaser, me, Keisha, Ian, Devon. So I think, again, this goes back to Twitter just taking something and running with it and making their own assumptions and not hearing a person out. And Twitter includes everybody. Twitter includes Janelle. You know, Janelle's somebody who I gave my phone number to multiple people. I've DM'd her. I've texted her. And I've gotten no response in return. And I just thought, okay, she's taking time to herself. That is fine. I understand it. So to see her tweet about me, I will admit I was very upset because I was like, oh, darn, like, you, you can just call me. Like, she can text me anytime. She can call me anytime. Like, I'm more than willing to chat everything out with her because I have no ill will. So to see on Twitter, like, oh, the queens are feuding. The queens are fighting. I was answering everybody like, there's no feud on my end. There's no fight on my end. I have no bad blood toward Janelle and or Kaser. So it's just something that literally I like to comment and it just snowballed. And it's unfortunate and it's, it sucks because then people start taking stuff out of context and people start making their own assumptions and it turns into a game of telephone. Did you hear what Nicole said? I didn't say anything. So my message to any and everybody is, I have no ill will. Like, if I don't like you, I'll say I don't like you. I've spoken many a times about Memphis and Christmas. So I, I, I don't really understand. I, I wish, I wish, I'm going to be honest, I wish Janelle would just call me and talk to me as a, as a person because I really don't have any ill will. Um, and, I, and I hope, and she's another one, I hope she heals it too because it was just a game. I admit I screwed up in a game. I never said anything that I meant in a personal life sense, anything I said was game related. And I know and think she's a big enough woman to see that. Yeah, that was, that was a good answer. I want to talk about the Big Brother community and just the alumni, um, because I found that interesting that you and Janelle haven't spoken about it. But I want to talk about coming out of the seasons, both of your se well, this one's not over yet. But do you find it's more players are easy to forgive and like, oh, this was a part of the game. We're friends now. Or do you still think there's some bad blood between people because of game moves? Um, oh, gosh. I think I think it's more difficult, like, with an all-star season, you start to see a lot more of that, well, you and I went to brunch once in the real world, but you weren't in an alliance with me. Now I don't like you. Or you and I DM'd each other twice, and then you didn't use the POV on me. I'm at you. Or you and I met at a reality charity event, and we talked all night, and then you screwed me over. So I think with an all-star season, all those outside real-world things trickle in, and I don't like it. I prefer a newbie season where you start on a clear slate, you don't know each other, and if you don't trust each other, you can say, I'm sorry, I never met you before, I didn't know I should trust you. Because in an all-star season, people go, how dare you not trust me? you know who I am from the community or how dare you not trust me? I, you know, call, I, you know, called your house once. And I think all that just builds and builds and builds and it leads to more of the butthurt and it leads to a lot, a lot more of the resentment. And I think we see a lot more friendships crumbling because people have assumptions and expectations based on real life. And you'd think it'd be better because people have already played the game, but I actually think it's worse. But my advice to everybody would be like, guys, it's a game. We're all just doing our best for our game. Like you have to reassess people in the real world as people not playing a game. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to go a little bit more into production and then I want to wrap it up just with a few questions, okay. with a few questions about 21, if you don't mind. Um, okay. Talk about production. 
There's some rumors that production likes to rig stuff. Um, okay. Example A is Tyler wanted to evict, and rumor has it Grodner got in her car and drove there as quick as she could. Oh, gosh. To, um, fix the situation. So if you could just talk about, and I know there's surprises stuff with CBS that you can't say, but mm-hmm. um, what can you say about production? Do you think they have favorites? Um, and then how fair do you think the game truly is with winning and competitions mm-hmm. and DRs and all of it combined? Oh, wow. Okay. That's a, I would, okay. So obviously everybody has favorites. That's just the nature of the world, but I don't think there's favoritism, if that makes sense. So there are favorites, but not favoritism. In regards to the whole Tyler situation, that's just big brother because of mental health. If someone is at such a low point where they're threatening to self evict production is going to talk you out of it. They are going to sit you down and convince you not to. I know several people from my season who wanted to. I know I was one of those people who that week when I was in a really bad spot, I went in the DR. I was like, I want out. I want out right now. And they have production talk to you. They have the therapist talk to you and they, you know, they talk you down and they reason with you. They they have you think of it logically. Like, why are you here? Who are you here for? Is this really the end of the world? Like it's a game. And they just talk you through everything. And I understand how it might seem because you know Tyler was like I want to leave I want to leave I want to leave but think about any time in your life when you've changed your mind think about any time in your life when you're like f this I'm gonna quit my job I'm gonna go right up to my boss and I'm gonna tell him where to stick it and I'm gonna quit this job and and then you get home and let's say I don't know your wife is like honey we need the money and you know our kids have to go through college and we don't even have groceries in the fridge and you need to keep your job and then you start calming down and you go oh wait no I'm, oh gosh I was so fired up I am going to keep my job it's kind of like that like so I, I understand that mentality of being so ready to leave and then having things be put in perspective of like no I, I do want to stay I do want the title of all-star champion so I don't think that's production manipulating I think that's production doing what they have to do to like protect your mental health and let you see like, okay, this is not the end of your world. You're okay. And obviously if you're not okay, they will allow you to leave because there's been plenty of people who, you know, are at a point where they need to leave. Um, but I know people have their theories about, you know, production, maybe finagling things and cheating and stuff like that. And the one thing that I think is the funniest thing is these are the same people that agree with wall yellers. And, to me, wall yellers are cheating. That's fans that are standing outside yelling, hey, don't trust Bob and Mary. How is that okay? Like, I, that, that bothers me more than anything people claim about production or anything people claim about the producers. Like, because that's also, if you're going to argue one is affecting the integrity of the game, so is that. And that's so blatant. That's you yelling over the wall, like, you know, game facts. So um, I never noticed anything that was oh, wow, this is something sketchy here. Because even the DR, you have to remember, they're producing a show. And as you can see, I like to talk, I like to ramble, I like to rant. So if I give you this huge rant and go, okay, go make a show, you're going to you know, you're gonna be like, Nicole, hold on a second. Can you make that a little bit more concise? So I never once had them say, hey, Nicole, stay this. But I have had them say, okay, you went on a 10-minute ten, ten rant about Memphis. Let's get that concise into one sentence because they're producing a show. And I think that's what's most important is we have to remember they're producing a, it's a television show. Yes, it's real people in a real house, but they're producing a show. So they have to get their short, concise sound bites. Mm-hmm. Um, so one more question about production before we dive into 21. Um, 
there's been some controversy about the edit being completely different than the live feeds. Okay. Um, and you're someone that was actually in the house living the lives. Of, mm -hmm. um, so I want to know what your thoughts are on live feeds versus actual show, why they edit it to make some people look good, some people look bad, um, and your thoughts on, I guess, the live feeds as a whole, mm -hmm. you guys being followed 24-7, because you're the only show that does that. Right? Yes. I know of, at least. Survivor doesn't do it. Love Island doesn't do it. The Challenge doesn't do it. So if you just dive more into the that part of the game. I think it definitely comes back to the whole fact that I was just saying they're producing a show. So mm -hmm. everybody, yes, in the real world, everybody is multifaceted. So Nicole Anthony, yes, she gets angry. She gets sad. She gets sassy. She gets silly. However, when you're producing a show, you can't show every single player's 10 emotions. So if you have 16 people, let's show them all happy. Let's show them all sad. Let's show them all sassy. Let's show, no, everybody tends to have their one pigeonhole. So you're going to emphasize this girl tends to be quirky and silly. This girl tends to be bitchy. This girl tends to be whiny. And because they're producing a show, you have to kind of funnel each person into their category because let's face it, it's TV. And when you view somebody as a character, characters are one dimensional. So they kind of focus on the one dimension. Um, so that's what I'll say about that. In regards to like the live feeds, I kind of personally don't like them. Don't get me wrong. I love, 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 love the accountability that it's forcing from people. Like, hey, we saw you imitate Ian. You can't hide that. You need to take ownership of that now. However, I think the live feeds feed into um, the social media hate, feed into online bullying because sometimes people don't mean stuff or it slips out or it's said the wrong way. And I'm, I'm not saying in regard to race or anything like that, that's a totally different level. But I'm saying sometimes like, I don't know, you look at somebody you're like, oh, that shirt fits you funny. And it's like, Twitter's like, she called her fat. She said her shirt looks horrible. What's her problem? And then you get out of the house. You're like, I don't even remember saying that. So I think sometimes the live feeds are not the best because people look for stuff and they look for things to be a problem that are maybe not a problem. Cause if you think if you, if I followed you around every day with the camera, I'm sure you would say something that you didn't necessarily mean, but it came out the wrong way or whatever. So I do think, Yes, I love it for the accountability, especially in regard to racial issues, gender issues. You know, think about the whole situation with Ian. That I like to see because, again, accountability. But there's also the other side of it where it's like it almost it like ruins the show because, again, you see these conversations where it's like, did you see when he walked away, he like rolled his eyes slightly I think he's making fun of him. And it's like, no, he wasn't making fun of him. So I feel like sometimes the live feeds make people kind of go too crazy, if that makes sense. Like, it's almost too much. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. So I want to now kind of go back to your first season. Okay. I've been playing this game with a couple of my guests, where it's just called First Impressions. So okay. first time, I want to give you five names from your season of 21. And okay. Then before you knew them, anything you knew about them, your first thought you had in your mind when you, maybe you okay. meet them or your first time seeing them. So my first one I have is Jessica. First impression of Jessica. Ally. Okay. I really did, yep. Cliff. Cliff. Oh, gosh. Again, um, Ally. Because I, I was actually just saying this in another interview. Jess and Cliff were the two people when they walked in. I was like, they are different. 
they're like me, I'm going to work with these two people. Mm -hmm. David. <laughs> um, hopefully I could say this. My answer is Troublemaker because he was in my finals and David was a little troublemaker in finals. Like he went up to the snack table and made a tower of snacks and then smashed it down. And I was like, whoa, this guy gets into the house. He's a little troublemaker. So, and then he also pranked me night one. Like literally we just met and he jumped out from behind a door and scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> so troublemaker. <laughs> um, the next one I have is the uh, runner up, Holly. Holly. Um, like young like I thought because she had the braids like I was like oh she's like not gonna know what she's doing she's very young and naive and I was shocked when I found out she was older than me mm -hmm. and then last one I have is Tommy oh gosh ball of energy <laughs> I remember talking to him about we were going around the house looking for stuff and we found a random cloth on the floor and, I, and he was like what's this and i'm like oh i think you're that that means you're the butler and he was like haha i have a special power and he like skipped away and i was like whoa he's got energy <laughs> all right so to f fast forward to the end um i'm a firm believer that if you guys i'm sure you've heard it before but if you guys evict holly over tommy no matter mm -hmm. which way the cookie crumbles you win the game Wow. Um, because I think all three of them bring you to the end. I think maybe Tommy may have the votes over you, um, but I think you beat Cliff and you beat Mickey. So if you could talk about your thoughts, obviously it's been a year now, so mm -hmm. things have changed here and there, yep. but what are you, obviously we know why you made the decision and I talked to Cliff yes. about it a little bit, but do you think you would have won versus Mickey versus Cliff and versus Tommy? Um, and how do you think the votes would have lied? Do you think it would have been like the 5-4? Do you think one of somebody would have completely just swept house? It is my firm belief, and I will swear to this to the end of time. And obviously I wasn't meant to win because I didn't. It wasn't my journey. But it's my firm belief that I would have won against any of them, Tommy included. Mm -hmm. I genuinely believe if I sat next to any of them, I think everybody in that house, in that jury, would have been like, wow, the girl that we – cast aside, blew up our alliance, and we almost got rid of her, but we didn't. She managed to make friendships with all of us, managed to win some comps toward the end, and managed to sit in the final two chairs. And here's the thing. I had speeches prepared. I knew everything I did in that house. I knew how I chiseled away at the Grateful Eight. I knew how I screwed up the six shooters. I knew how I purposely did something to the whole alliance Nick was trying to form in order to protect me and Cliff. Like, I knew everything I did. And I knew if I delivered that speech, they would all be like, wow, not only did she do that, but she owned it. And I honestly think I would have won against any of them. And what's funny is on the finale stage, nearly everybody told me, Nicole, if you were in the final two chairs, you would have won. That's what they all told me. It's funny how weeks later, months later, they all go, oh, no, not next to Tommy. And I'm like, yeah, you say that now because, you know, relationships evolve, relationships, you, you watch the season, you learn things. But one thing's for sure, when I spoke to them on finale stage, everybody said they would have voted for me. And you have to go with that initial. You can't go a year later, hindsight. You have to go with that initial. And that initial is they all would have voted for me, and I know it. <laughs> the only reason I thought Tommy was a 50-50 was because I think Christy would have tried to sway the jury. True. Very true. That's what I think. Um, but I, I think I would have had the argument of like, he was in alliance with all of you. 
Like, yeah. who did I have? I maneuvered my way here without you, you know? He screwed you all over. I thought he was in your life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so leaving the house, obviously we already kind of talked about you were completely loved. Everybody, America loves you. Um, but I want to go into your career, if you don't mind, for like the last sure. five, ten minutes. So you were yes. a preschool teacher. Yes. And then now you're a podcast host. I'm a listener. I love the podcast. Thank um, you so much. But I want to know how that started. Um, when, where, the details on your relationship with your podcast host and yes. how it all went down. Sure. So I was one of those people where like my sisters always knew what they wanted to do. They knew what they wanted to go to school for. They, they found their job, found their niche, and they were so happy. So I was the type of person like, okay, I love English. I'm getting my degree in English. And then I was like, well, what do you do with an English degree? I'm going to declare education so I could teach at the middle school, high school level. And then I graduated and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that just yet, but where am I going to work? So my sister's like, come work at the preschool with us. So I went to the preschool and worked as a one-to-one and as a TA. But I knew, and I love it there, I love the kids, but I knew that wasn't what I went to school for. I knew it wasn't where I was meant to end up. I knew it wasn't my niche. So I was very stuck. And because I was stuck, that's why I was like applying to Big Brother. I was like, come on, this is what I'm meant to do. And I was actually waiting for either a master's program to get back to me or Big Brother. And Big Brother called first. And I was like, this is what's meant to be. So I went with it. So then coming off the show, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to take time to myself. And that's when it just like all seamlessly fell into place. So I might... My now co-host interviewed me as a post BB21 house guest and, you know, talked to me about my game. And he was like, oh, I'm also from Long Island. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I love to hear that. And then I, re, you know, fast forward a month later, there's a meet and greet in New York City. And Eric, that's his name, he is doing the step and repeat at the meet and greet. And I was like, oh, my God, Eric at Reality Recaps. You're the guy that interviewed me. This is so cool. And then it was like, and I asked him, I was like, oh, we should go get lunch. Okay. So then we got lunch. And at lunch, we both realized we have very similar interests and like, you know, the shows we both like to talk about. I love to hear myself talk. I'm sure you can see that already. I, I'm always talking. Um, and it just kind of snowballed into like, hey, do you want to cover the circle together? Yeah, sure. We'll do that. And then it was like, well, let's do BB Canada. Let's do Tiger King. And it just kept on snowballing. And then we were like, we should create a podcast podcast where we talk about life in Long Island and our daily routines and you know, everything like that. So it just seamlessly fell the way it was meant to. And I think that's why it happened the way it did. Cause I feel like I'm, I, I feel like I finally found my niche and I found where I'm supposed to be with my good old English degree. <laughs> so now, you know, we have the hello friends podcast and we're, we're rocking and rolling and I'm very happy with it. Yeah. That's, I, you and Eric's dynamic, I love on the podcast. So oh, thank you. Crazy, I didn't know your full story with him. And that's actually a really interesting story. Cause you guys, it seems like you guys have been friends for like 20 plus years. No, we um, met post BB 21. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I want to, my last question, it's September 25th. Who is Nicole's prediction to win? If you had to pick right now, who's winning? 22? <gasps> Who do I want to win or who do I think will win? Who do, who do you think is going to win? But you can also say, I think your want's going to be David or Kevin. Yes. <laughs> My want is David or Kevin, which everybody knows. Or Enzo. Like, those are the three. Yeah. Um, who do, who do think, I think? You have to put some money on it. Who do you think is going to win the game? Only because I have on the socks that him and I have the same of, I have to say Cody. I think it's going to be Cody. I really do. I think my prediction for every podcast I've had since my first one with Jessica about a month ago, a month and a half ago, was Danny. And I'm sticking with Danny. because I Wow, think, okay. I can see that too. I think I'm going to stick with Danny. Um, so to wrap up, I just want to say thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Bye.
I want to thank Nicole for coming on the show. That was the fifth episode of the Chilling with Dylan podcast. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. You can find me on social media at Dylan underscore Deckard underscore. And Nicole's social media is at Strong Island NI2 for Twitter. And Strong Island Nicole on Instagram. Thanks for listening.